0: Starcourt Study Hall episodes contain spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated,
1: and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And and this this is Starcourt Study Hall. Hall. So for today's episode, I have a question to ask my co-host because last week we checked in or two weeks ago with the flea and the acrobat. We checked in on, you know, if she was the flea and if I was the acrobat, we had to sort that out. Well, this week we need to sort out if she's the monster or am I the monster? (laughs) Are you the monster? I don't think so. Oh, All right, I kind of had you pinned, but I mean, if you're saying that you're not the monster, then I guess I'm the
0: monster.
1: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. So this week, we're going to talk about Chapter 6, The Monster, from season one. Ooh.
0: So excited. (laughs) This is the time for spooky season. (laughs) I know. I was going to say happy fall, everyone. By the time you're listening to this, it's likely been fall for a little bit, but for us, it just happened it's just fall today well yes ago. well yeah. It's, it's a pretty exciting time the perfect time to re-watch the monster all right <clears throat> so let's get into a summary so this episode was written by jesse nixon lopez and directed by the duffer brothers and of course it aired july 15th 2016 mm-hmm. so here's a quick summary for you a frantic jonathan looks for nancy in the darkness but steve is looking for her too Hopper and Joyce uncover the truth about the lab's experiments, and the kids have a horrifying encounter with some mouth breathers. This episode is a doozy. I
1: just, I feel like I have a lot of notes, so I am sorry in advance. <laughs> That's actually great, because
0: I, I did not, I felt like I had less notes than usual, so. Okay, I have, I have probably an insulting amount of notes, so. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. Well, anyway. So, Marina, would you like to read our fast facts for Sure,
1: I will read our fast facts. So... Amy Mullins, the actress who plays Terry Ives, was actually the first person to compete in the NCAA as an amputee. I had no Hmm. idea. She is a Paralympic athlete, has gold medals, and has set world records for the 100-meter dash and the long jump. Her legs were actually amputated at age one because she was born without fibulae. yes i had no idea and when i was watching the episode back yesterday i like made a point to look at amy mullins's lower half to see like can you tell and you cannot she is in the chair the whole chapter
0: yes so i think the entire time we see her except for when you know eventually in season two we see some flashbacks Mm -hmm. uh but yeah she's usually sitting down so we don't really see
1: yeah, that's, so that's wild. Yeah. Thanks, IMDB, for that one. Um, she was also voted in a number of things like as most beautiful woman. Like she has oh. a lot of accolades that I didn't know about until I was reading. And the other fun thing that I found on IMDB was they actually list anachronisms. So one of them says that eleven can be seen walking past trident white gum in the scene <laughs> when she steals the egos from the supermarket. And Trident White wasn't actually a thing until 2001.
0: I actually looked for it when I rewatched, and I couldn't see it. Like, oh,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, I was I was looking for it because I had read this, but I did not see it. So mm-hmm. you have to tell me exactly where it was, because we'll I yeah, we'll get oh, you boy. a timestamp. <laughs> oh, oh wow, <laughs> on okay. the Trident White gum. I'm excited. So let's get into our scene by scene breakdown. Trapped in the upside down with the demogorgon. Nancy barely escapes by following Jonathan's voice to a nearby gate. He pulls her through and the gate closes up behind them.
1: I love how the monster starts with the monster.
0: Oh, yeah, it does. Right? Yeah. That's the Demogorgon. There he is. (laughs) There's the monster. (laughs) Yeah, it's another really heavy-handed birth imagery here.
1: Yes. Nancy's
0: like... emerging coming through the
1: the gate and john her hand like juts out into and it's got all the gloop on it (laughs) Gloop. (laughs) i also for this particular scene i just want to give a shout out to natalia and charlie because i feel like they're acting in this jonathan nancy like over and over it just was i don't know they stood out to me
0: and like, I feel like it was, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like when they filmed it, they probably couldn't actually hear each other, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Good, um, good, good, good point.
0: Yeah. So it was very convincing. Like, I mean, the emotion was there. It was good. And when she gets pulled out, like she just falls on top of him and they just lay there. I know. And he and he holds her and it's so sweet.
1: I know. And there's yeah. also like a creepy underlying heartbeat that you hear. Oh. Throughout the part of seeing Nancy in the Upside Down. You just hear a heartbeat. Yes. The entire I, time.
0: I didn't um, notice that at first. And then when I rewatched for the second time, I noticed it. And I looked on the, um, the fandom.com page for, for this episode. And it says that it's actually the Stranger Things theme playing like while she's in there. Oh,
1: That's what we're hearing. Yeah. I get it. Because at yeah. the end of the Stranger Things theme, you well, I guess throughout you get the heartbeat, right?
0: Yeah. Like the the steady rhythm throughout is like yeah. the... Du-du-du-du-du-. Yeah. Right. Okay. I didn't even think of that. I didn't either. Yeah. I saw <clears throat> that and was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: And also the Demogorgon in this scene, he just looks like he shrank by
0: like a foot. Right. I agree. I thought he looked very, I won't say small, but he looked like a, almost... Yes. Yes. He looked like approachable like he didn't look so (laughs) like hard right like hey man (laughs) hey hello he didn't look like an otherworldly creature to me he just looks like a person (laughs) you want to come to my barbecue
1: (laughs) (laughs) but he's still not beckna
0: oh no he is not
1: although i have a gripe with the the last scene of this chapter i don't know if you
0: caught it but we will get there and it made me upset okay i'm excited yeah
1: (laughs) Um, all right. Well, I guess right. the last part here is just, mm-hmm. see, I told you, I have a lot of notes. You I do. Went, I went excited. wild. <laughs> um, no weapons from the scores playing. Ooh. Okay. Just That's everybody, great. you know, had a no. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Concerned about Nancy's strange behavior from earlier, Steve takes Tommy and Carol with him to check on her, which they mock him for because they're idiots. <laughs> he sees Nancy. <laughs> he sees Jonathan <laughs> holding Nancy in her bedroom and assumes the worst. All right. In, i i have to say i am i'm a carol and tommy hater for sure but i have to say in fairness i'm kind of with carol on this one she said oh because no one would ever blow off king mm. steve yeah i kind of agree carol like right like like why does there have to be something more here you know maybe she, she just does doesn't like him you. out you're right she does
1: i'll give yeah. carol, carol carol kudos in this in this scene <laughs>
0: although this yes. we finally get the aw steve has a heart Blech moment that we've been talking about for like three months (laughs) i know it's it's just so awful she does actually apologize though when steve tells them to shut up Mm -hmm. after they're mocking her (laughs) he snaps at them he's like shut up I know. It's kind of funny. She does say mm, sorry. Like so so she does uh maybe have a remorseful bone in her body. Although it's hard to tell if that was sincere. I don't know.
1: I I don't know with her. I don't know. She's she's another one who I just like. I mean we talked about it in our mouth breathers episode. I wanna know. Tell me your story, Carol. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Give me your, your narrative. Okay.
0: I also like I have a bone to pick with Another Steve bone. Here. I have so many bones for Okay. With, well, it is spooky with, season. <laughs> it is. Many bones. or skeletons <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, so Jonathan lost his brother, right? And Nancy lost her best friend. Is it so wild for maybe your first thing that you could assume is that they've just been communicating about that? You know, like they've been kind of comforting each other. I don't know. I just feel like he jumped to a conclusion very quickly when He's there's Steve. He is Steve. I mean there's but like there's obviously extenuating circumstances happening. Like it feels like something maybe you should chat with Nancy about first before, you know, writing on the the movie marquee for some reason. <laughs>
1: Well, one of the things, that, and we don't have to get ahead of ourselves, but that is sort of something that I wrote for, like, what this would have been like in 2022. I feel like Steve could have just texted Nancy and been like, yeah. hey, what's going on? But also, can we just take this this scene of Steve out of context for a second? He is climbing <laughs> Nancy's house and staring into her window. And I just feel like he's taking one out of Jonathan's book here with the creepy photos. <laughs> steve get off of my house like get why off. are you just like peering into my window i don't care how attractive you are
0: get off of my roof strong edward cullen vibe <laughs> and we're back to twilight i know it always comes back to twilight
1: <laughs> uh, yeah so i don't know this scene was I, I hear what you're saying i do think that he could have sought some context before just jumping to conclusions right but he does have carol and tommy in his ear yeah, yeah. Like they're a shitty influence. They're probably
0: always playing on his insecurities. Oh yeah, for sure. It it feels like it's it would be impossible to jump to a logical conclusion <laughs> with those two talking to you.
1: Yeah, no. So I I get <laughs> it, but I think if I was Steve, where like where think of, put
0: yourself in
1: Steve's yeah. shoes, his little white tennis shoes
0: that he wears everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they 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 were really into Reeboks in is that what they were is
1: that what they are i
0: think so we i think we see a lot of reebok i don't know why that Um, sounds right yeah so i i understand like it's not a crazy conclusion to jump to like i get it but i feel like he could have uh investigated further maybe but that's okay
1: we can't we can't let this scene pass us by without talking about sunglasses at night
0: absolutely not this this song has changed me as a human i think i (laughs) i didn't know that about you well, yeah, it's a little known fact. I don't know, um, but <laughs> fast facts about Amanda. Fast facts about me. Changed by no, sunglasses at night by Corey Hart. <laughs> it's it's just stuck with me so much. I don't know why. Like I've gotten kind of into '80s music after mm-hmm. Stranger Things, and I feel like this song was kind of a big catalyst for that. Because like I listened to it, and was like, oh, this is sick. I love this. I love I love like the synth sounds, it's so good. and it really <laughs> is like it's so good. And um, yeah, so that that song really like was a jumping off point for me to start. Mm-hmm. Being like actually into 80s music, which my mom is very proud of.
1: It does. There's (laughs) nothing compares to 80s music.
0: I agree. I agree. All right. So meanwhile, Hopper Mm -hmm. is telling Joyce about seeing a room in Hawkins National Lab that had a small bed in it and it was full of uh, kids' drawings. There's only one kid's drawing, but that's okay. Joyce realizes it was not Will's room when comparing his more detailed drawings to the childlike one that Hopper saw on the wall. Hopper recalls accounts of a child being seen with Benny Hammond on the night that he died and theorizes that it could be Terry Ives's abducted daughter, Jane. Wow, he is so smart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This scene makes me want Joyce and Hopper to be my mom and dad. (laughs) I know. They're so sweet together. I just love them. They would be great parents. Like, I mean, they are, but (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like I would love for them to be my parents.
0: I know. They just seem like they care so much, you know? They really do. It makes me laugh when, like, (laughs) Joyce goes, was it good? Yeah.
1: And then she, like, does this gesture, like, when she hands Hopper Will's drawing and is, like, I can't even do the gesture because it's nonverbal. But right? She, t- she like puts the cigarette in her mouth, takes a drag, and then like like gestures to the drawing.
0: She's like, you see, obviously in her
1: turtleneck. In her, oh yes, she is still turtleneck. in her turtleneck. Yes,
0: yes, she is. Yeah, I just I thought that was very funny. Like, I wanted Hopper to be like, no, it was it was crap. It was terrible,
1: terrible drawing. <laughs> it was trash. It was a trash <laughs> drawing. The drawing was trash. <laughs> but then. I think when Hopper says, because I, I, this this scene always takes me back to the first time that I watched Stranger Things. And when Hopper finally pieces together that we know as the audience, we know that he's chasing the wrong child, right? Yeah. Because he's looking for Will, but he's following Eleven's foot, footprints by accident. Right. He doesn't know that the cast doesn't know that but we as the audience know that so when he finally says i mean what if this whole time i've been looking for will i've been chasing after some other kid it felt so satisfying when he said that
0: i know and finally i know it, it's it's very satisfying like in any show when a character pieces together what you already knew yes, you're like, yes finally, like, someone finally. Is saying it. hello my I god know. i know and i i loved that like he was intelligent enough and you know critical thinking enough to piece together all of this like he didn't have that much information and no. he
1: pieced it together
0: yeah like i i love that he just immediately they both did they immediately believed terry ive's mm-hmm. like even when her own sister never did they immediately were like oh yeah okay that makes yeah, sense her, do- her daughter was abducted whatever yeah i just love that they're great mom and dad mom and dad a traumatized Nancy asked Jonathan to sleep in her bed with her, not wanting to be alone. Then we wonder why Steve got the wrong impression. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I feel like these notes are throwing you off because they of- really are. They are because I usually write the notes for the episode um, or like the chapter episodes, but Marina wrote them this time, and I'm just all tripped up. Then we wonder why Steve got the wrong impression. Like that was that was a personal attack. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> jonathan tries to comfort her by saying that the monster can't get them in her house but nancy responds that they don't know that and i would say that that's very smart
1: it's a it's a fair assessment this monster travels interdimensionally he could just make a
0: gate in nancy's house right like yeah smart smart move nancy uh because we don't know that at all nope i would also like to point out that jonathan is sleeping with a gun under his pillow which like yeah, I under- I I understand why you guys have a gun. But like, number 1, um like 2 days ago, Jonathan was taking creepy photos of you in the woods, Nancy. I'm oh, not 100 no. not 100% <laughs> sure I would feel comfortable sleeping next to this man with a gun under his pillow. And 2, Nancy should definitely be the one with the gun. Jonathan is terrible at shooting. You're right. But <laughs> I don't Nancy, know. It, it, yeah. Maybe they don't know that yet. Like they don't really realize yet the difference in their abilities.
1: Well, th- we did already get the scene where right? I didn't process that Jonathan had a gun. I think I was distracted.
0: Yeah, I, I only did because I noticed that like there was something shiny under mm-hmm. the pillow. And, and so I went back.
1: attracted to
0: things that are shiny. Oh, yes. As we know, yes, he loves shiny things. Bad Got call, to, Jonathan. Gotta be careful.
1: I know this scene is about trauma, but I just want to point out that Nancy's mascara is holding <laughs> up in the shower. She's showering and her mascara is not moving. I'm wondering if she went to like the lash studio and actually just had lash extensions because I'm starting to not think that these lashes are mascara. No, yeah, I
0: think that's just her lashes, honestly.
1: But why weren't they as prominent in the earlier chapters?
0: I don't know. I felt like they they were pretty prominent, but you're right. They do kind of seem to uh, extend. Maybe it's just because she's doing a lot of crying.
1: Also, why isn't Joyce concerned that Jonathan is not home? <laughs> ever? I, she hasn't <laughs> seen Jonathan in days. <laughs> she's like, "Well, what's what's another one lost?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I understand that she's occupied and distracted in dealing with the loss like of her own her other young son, but like Jonathan is just not home
0: nowhere to be found (laughs) he's just just not home she's not seen him since the funeral yeah that makes sense yeah so uh, yeah joyce has not seen her older son in days why didn't
1: nancy let jonathan sleep under the blanket
0: (laughs) no blanket for you when you when you stay sleeping on top of the blanket when you stay at your friend's house and you have to find (laughs) your own blanket (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love how
0: he's like, I found this in the closet. I hope that's okay. And it's just like a sleeping bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why did she have that in the closet? I don't know. I don't maybe know. Maybe she has but a lot of sleepovers, I guess. Maybe with Barb. Yeah. All right. So in the morning, Mike tears apart Eleven's blanket fort out of frustration that she's gone after the incident with Lucas in the junkyard. Nancy tells Jonathan that they need to save Will and Barb from the Demogorgon, deducing that they are both trapped in the upside down. They conclude that it is a predator drawn to blood, and they can lure it and kill it. As Nancy yells for Jonathan, for Man, I don't know, you're just I'm making up names. I'm making up words. Insert as, <laughs> <laughs> as oh my goodness, as Karen yells for Nancy to come have blueberry pancakes, which I'm sure would have been fantastic. Jonathan realizes that he and Nancy are holding hands. Stop that! Stop holding oh, yeah. hands. You're right. <laughs> also, Mike
1: destroying Elle's blanket fort is giving strong will destroying castle Byers vibes.
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's just That's a depiction, a good... like verbals,
1: emotions not mm-hmm. happening.
0: It's a good parallel. Mm hmm. Um, as Nancy is like reading the book to determine that it's like a shark or whatever. hmm. I think we're getting the upside down playing in the background.
1: Yes, I think we are. We also yes. get before they wake up in the morning, like when they're trying to go to sleep, I think, and as, and it fades into morning and you see Mike destroying the fort. There's like that scene where it goes from night
0: to day. Mm-hmm. You get tribulations Ooh. off the score. So next, Connie Fraser, better known as the blonde lady, <laughs> visits Mr. Clark under the guise of recruiting children for the Indiana AV Club, getting Mike, Dustin, and Lucas's names.
1: Somebody at Hawkins National Lab had to design this pamphlet. (laughs) And who is their graphic designer? (laughs) Whose graph whose passion is graphic design at Hawkins National Lab? (laughs) This pamphlet is atrocious.
0: Is it? I didn't really look closely at it. Somebody
1: had to design that to make this believable. Like to make this convincing. Somebody had to equip yes equip Connie with a pamphlet and to bring it to Mr. Clark to make this convincing
0: unless the indiana av club is real and connie frazier was just like lying about being a part of it maybe maybe
1: i don't know i have that in my 2022 notes
0: later oh interesting okay yeah so well i'm i'm very grateful that mr clark is not dead his erasure from season four is a travesty he's not in season four at all at all and he like his not knowing anything is one of the biggest Points of contention I have with this show. I feel like it makes no sense that this man has not been clued into anything.
1: Like, given his
0: knowledge. Yes. He should have been clued in. I yes. I think he really should have been part of this. He knows so much about so- like he would have just been such a great resource to have. I mean, I I'm guessing the reason is is for safety, like, you know, for Mr. Clark's safety. The Plus like more people who know the better right so i i right like they don't try to clue anybody in unless absolutely necessary i guess but it makes me sad that mr clark not only doesn't know but doesn't appear at all in season four
1: he doesn't appear in season four i feel like they should have mister Feeneyed him and just like oh now i work in the high school too like right. in boy meets world like yes just, now i work at the college that you attend <laughs> like, oh my god
0: why did mr feeney work everywhere <laughs> <laughs> that would be great like i i just feel like it's it's the biggest missing um gem that really could have done wonders for the show i think
1: i wonder if maybe they were like i mean by season four when you think about the the sheer size of the cast that they were working with they've brought in all of these people maybe, i know maybe they felt like his character was supplemented by murray Like, that type Mm. of... I don't... That's, like, the only thing I could think.
0: I get what you're saying, yeah. But also, I do feel like there's a good chance he'll appear in season five. Yeah. Because at this point, how could anyone in Hawkins not understand that something is going on?
1: Right. Maybe he'll be instrumental. And now that it really is... Not that it wasn't before, but now that in a way that it hasn't yet been it is affecting the entire town like there's no way around it like you can't yeah. cover this up there's there's yeah there's a town-wide issue maybe mr clark will be relevant in season five
0: yes there's literally no way around <laughs> it you can't you can't drive around it it's just a giant <laughs> crack in the ground you can't drive around <laughs> it. you literally can't get around it you could build a bridge across yeah <laughs> <something. laughs> Uh, well, I love that in the scene, um, Mr. Clark is also like absolutely charmed by this I know. Like, he's Aww, like, poor Mr. Clark. Please call me Scott. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. It's really cute that his- Please like, call sh- me Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute that his, like he knows immediately who he's going to recommend. Like he just adores mm-hmm. these kids. It's so sweet. Yeah. He's like, oh. I know
1: exactly
0: who you're looking for. Yeah. Here is the information of these children so you <laughs> Thanks, can go Mr. get them. Mr. Clark. All right. Well, after that, Dustin visits Mike, who is angry at himself for shouting at Eleven, and he blames Lucas for their predicament. Dustin states that they both broke their group's code and they need to make up. Dustin and Mike go to Lucas's house to discuss their plan, but Lucas will only accept Mike's apology if Eleven is banished from the party, which Mike does not concede to because, pardon me, but that is his girlfriend.
1: Excuse me. That is so rude. Again. So rude. Max and Lucas, season two. Like, Mike was not happy. Yeah. I don't. Everybody's got to just live, live and let live.
0: I know. Honestly, like, yeah, it's kind of surprising that after that, like, Mike and Lucas's uh, friendship didn't suffer because Lucas wanted the same exact thing in season two. And Mike was like, really? Cause...
1: I feel like that's interesting, though, that you bring that up because it kind of goes back to, like, we've talked about shared trauma and how that can negatively impact a relationship. Like, yeah. you obviously shouldn't build a foundation on it. But I do think part of these, this, this, like the pettiness that's occurring between Mike and Lucas and Elle being now part of their group and Lucas not being happy, I think part of that is just completely overshadowed by the sheer trauma of what they end up dealing with. Like, yeah. Ultimately, Lucas sees Elle save their lives. Yeah. Like, she, he sees her banish the Demogorgon and they have lost a friend and then they get him back. So I, it's just, it feels like the pettiness of this argument that they're having gets overshadowed by what's going on
0: that is true and like i do like when we go into season four and we do see that lucas is kind of like on a different path but -hmm. at the end of the day he still loves his friends above anybody else yeah like he he risks his entire high school socialness to save his friends
1: I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a poster for The Thing in the Wheeler's basement mm-hmm. in this part. Did you look it up or anything?
0: I didn't, but I know that it's supposed to be kind of like a reference to the monster.
1: So I looked it up and it's it's a 1982 film. And it's about a group of researchers in Antarctica who encounter a being Ooh. that can imitate other beings. So it can like assimilate and imitate. So like you could be the thing at that any is given so creepy. moment. Yeah. So the group of researchers eventually just become overcome with paranoia and distrust because they don't know if anyone in their group at any given moment is the thing. Oh my God. And it just reminded me just, it just felt like in this scene, the group is our stranger things group is grappling with trust. Like who can they trust? Oh, okay. Can they trust? Can, can Mike trust Lucas anymore? Right. Can they even trust L? So it just, I love that's that. what, yeah, that's what reminded me of the things like when i read about the synopsis of it and then what was actually going on in stranger things was just they didn't know who to trust nobody knows who to trust who do we trust
0: that is so cool are you
1: the thing are you the monster
0: That's so weird i i like that too because i feel like that's um kind of a nod to like well maybe they didn't know yet but i don't know but like being flayed even Ooh, yes yeah like like when in season three especially like they're like, oh, no, like, who is flayed and who is not? And they have to figure it yeah. out.
1: Yeah. And even when in season two, when Will is possessed by the Mind Flayer and th- he's in the hospital, remember, and he sends the oh,
0: yeah. scientists
1: into the Upside Down to be essentially killed. Yeah. Because, yeah. It's a trap. Oh, good
0: one. Yeah. So also in this scene, Dustin gets it. He understands my LVP from last week. He's an adult. He, right? Dustin is such an adult here. He's like, listen, you were all wrong. Elle was out of line, too. Mm-hmm. You all suck. Apologize to each other. Being the adult, Dustin, is always the adult. I know. Which, okay, I'm going to get, like, <laughs> probably more deep than, than the writers intended here. But, like, that makes me wonder about, like, how uh, Dustin's home life, you know? Like, like, is he parentified because... Of course. He, yeah, because he only has his mom at home. Think about
1: when Muse goes missing in yeah, like, season two and he, he's like right. yeah remember he's like mom just go out and find muse like i love you yes. and it's such he almost, a
0: almost parentified moment yes yeah he almost takes on this like it's gonna
1: be okay see you later like he you know that's so
0: true yeah
1: wow. i would definitely say dustin is parentified
0: yes wow well, okay he's, cool he's like
1: i mean think about him in relation to jonathan and will too they're both dealing with a single mom yeah. And we see how parentified Jonathan is. That's true. You kind of become your your parents' partner, not obviously like
0: not romantically,
1: yeah. but you just become their partner.
0: Right. Just like by default, because by they, default. They don't have anybody else. Yeah. Nope. That's yeah. really interesting. Um, and I just I have to say it again, Lucas He's trying his best to is deal he... with this. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't
1: like Mike referring to Elle as a weapon.
0: Right? Okay, yeah. me the
1: wrong way. Like, I, don't I feel like, like either. Yeah, this chapter really emphasizes the ways in which she has been used. She's I only ever experienced use. Oh. So when Mike refers to her as a weapon, I want to punch him in the nose.
0: Right? That- <laughs> <laughs> I know punch he's, he's a
1: child and I shouldn't do that, but.
0: So Eleven then has a flashback of Brenner waking her up in the lab with a... A plant for some reason because that's not gonna grow there's no windows in there <laughs> <laughs> he boops 11's nose boop and tells her that today is a special day because today we make contact whatever that means yeah i like the transition here they they i think they're purposely trying to throw you off and make you think that she's been captured again oh like, really yeah when they transition from being in lucas's house to showing her it, it I forget what they say, but there's some sort of transitionary thing that makes you wonder where she is, and then they show her in the lab. So you're oh,
1: interesting. Your, your
0: immediate thought is like, "Oh my god, she was captured," but no, um, I didn't
1: pick yeah. up on that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that was intentional, but that's kind of what I thought. Uh, gift giving. Mm. Yep. Here's here's an example. Giving. Here it yep. is. Here's
1: some love language. If you want Brenner to speak your love language, <laughs>
0: he's a he's a gift giver. <laughs> he's a gift giver which you know that would work for me i i like gift giving
1: no wonder and we said this no wonder l hates gifts yeah she hates (laughs) gifts no wonder she's like don't give me that gift shit i don't want it yeah (laughs) like she wants words
0: (laughs) she wants real (laughs) words and actions not gifts because that's what brenner
1: did to her she also just ever so slightly grimaces before brenner boops her nose like you can see her kind of like yeah and it's so subtle but she's like don't
0: touch me like Ew. <laughs> don't, touch me. To touch me no,
1: don't touch me touch uh, me either no don't
0: touch me yeah that's that's a great scene i feel like that gives us a lot of insight just that teeny tiny little window into their relationship
1: what is this plant there's no
0: windows here <laughs> i have no, i have a lot of problems with this plant i know i don't know how they're planning on doing anything with that like why did he bring that here
1: It's like she's Wally or something. She doesn't want that plant. Plant.
0: (laughs) Karen goes to check on Nancy because she never came down for blueberry pancakes. Obviously very rude. Very rude. That sounds delicious. When Nancy doesn't reply at the door, she picks the lock on Nancy's bedroom door only to find that Nancy has escaped out the window. Okay, Karen. With the lock picking no sweetie
1: swallow the pancake
0: (laughs) that made me laugh too that's like my favorite karen line and holly just looks at her like she's like okay (laughs) i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this swallow the pancake and ted of course being absolutely useless karen is feeding the baby and then has to go deal with nancy
1: like why is she picking nancy's bedroom door
0: yeah, it's pretty weird, right? I
1: have a lot to say about Karen
0: picking Nancy's bedroom door lock. Yeah, I it's weird. I I said now we can see where Nancy gets her rebelliousness from. I mean, cuz that's a little yeah. that's a little out of pocket, Karen. But what if Nancy <laughs> is trying to do something? Okay, yeah. Right? I but, mean, hello. Okay, in fairness to Karen, she's been calling her and she's not answering, so like I mean, I would just be like, "Oh, she's dead." <laughs> that would be my first I'd <laughs> anxiety. Be like, okay.
1: be like. <laughs> "Yeah, right."
0: I'd be like, "Oh, cool, my daughter is dead." Like, I, In her I, room. Yeah, I understood the lock picking. To okay. Me, to me, I was like, I would be worried if she wasn't answering.
1: Okay. But Karen right. seems
0: more annoyed. She doesn't seem worried. She seems annoyed.
1: But yeah, that's what I mean. She's like, oh, I called you for blueberry pancakes
0: time to pick the lock on your i don't know
1: yeah i yeah i get both perspectives here i can definitely understand why karen like her if she was having an anxious brain moment and she's like oh my god where's my daughter but i also think that is just a weird invasion of privacy
0: mom like stop picking the lock on my door i agree right that is kind of weird like creep yeah like maybe nancy was just like putting on makeup and couldn't answer or whatever i i don't know It, it felt like she she did jump to that a little quickly yeah, I don't know. All I know is that
1: Nancy could have been busy and Karen's just barging in and that's rude. It is rude.
0: I, yeah, I agree. Unsettling. But also, like, yeah, I kind of, I felt like that gave us a little bit of a nod to, like, <clears throat> where Nancy has this little streak from that, like, Karen is also not quite what she seems.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes.
0: I like that a lot. Yeah. So out in the woods, Eleven stares into her reflection in a puddle of water and screams because she's having an identity crisis thanks to the blonde wig. <laughs> very she, sad she is she wanders into a nearby supermarket and has another flashback of papa placing her into the bathtub to find the demogorgon she steals several boxes of Egos from the store and uses her powers to stop the manager from pursuing her robert is that his name that his name is robert wow <laughs> it robert. says it on his little name tag oh, i didn't even notice <laughs> when uh l walks in behind her right next to the doors is a will missing poster on the oh, wall Oh, subtle yeah I um that. what date is it on this day it is what day is it november it's like ninth
1: ninth eighth somewhere around there it's not christmas there are christmas
0: trees all over this store <laughs> it is not even thanksgiving yet hawkins yeah. why are there christmas trees that is so true i i have seen posts online of people finding christmas items in target right now it is not even october Okay, but was that like a
1: thing in nineteen eighty three, or right, is that I don't know? A, is that like a twenty twenty two issue? <laughs> right, like to rush the seasons. I don't know why are there candy canes? <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving.
0: That's a great point. I do not know.
1: And speaking of Thanksgiving, the sign on the front of the store says that a butterball turkey is eighty eight cents per pound. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Last year they were on average a dollar thirty five per pound. Wow. In twenty twenty one,
0: that's actually not that big of a jump. I was surprised. Yeah, I, I'm surprised too. I feel like the jump would have been bigger. That's not too bad.
1: No, anyway, especially
0: in in Indiana. Um, turkey
1: inflation. <laughs> turkey inflation.
0: <laughs> okay, but wait. So since you mentioned that Christmas thing, though, doesn't the season end on Christmas Eve? Yeah, but time has passed. I can I can I can get past that because I okay. think it doesn't. It say like yeah, maybe it, like like a month or like X two months or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it does. That's true. So. I want to talk about the bathtub scene. Yes, please. I feel like it's definitely all about Henry, right? It's all about Henry. It's got to be. What are your thoughts? You're 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 smirking. I don't know what that means. I'm leaving.
1: That's you're... what that's what I'm leaving. We're going. I'm leaving the podcast. Why? I'm leaving. Because Brenner says it's reaching out to you because it wants you. It's calling you, which makes me think that he feels that Henry yeah. sent the Demogorgon. I'm leaving the podcast. Yeah. No. Well, don't leave. But I <laughs> 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 but why, wait, why does that make you want to leave? Because I don't want Henry to be in season one.
0: I know. I agree. I'm sorry. I don't want it. I don't want it. I reject this information. I know. I kind of do too. I, okay, but I still feel like it doesn't necessarily mean that Henry is like the be-all end-all like i still don't think that that's what that means okay it i can appreciate
1: making drawing a distinction between yes. henry sending the demogorgon and the mind flayer yes not being the big bad
0: right i feel like there's still a chance that the mind flayer is the big bad but i do feel like it's it's becoming increasingly clear that henry is involved here It only gets worse. Oh, there's more. Okay. Oh, it only gets worse. I'm excited. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) In case you all couldn't tell, I'm not like a Vecna Henry. No, I'm not either. I'm not either. I'm not a fan of him as a villain. I'm not a fan of the idea that he is the be all end all. I don't like it. I'm not scared of him at all. No, he looks like the dang Grinch. Okay. Making contact plays here off the score. Just wanted to throw that in. Thank you. All right, so Joyce and Hopper track down Terry Ives and are shown by her sister Becky that she is catatonic. Mm. She explains that Terry was part of Project MKUltra when she was pregnant with Jane, but she miscarried. Becky shows Hop and Joyce Jane's room and explains that when Terry was lucid, she insisted that Jane had been, in fact, born and had abilities. So Becky wears a ring around her neck. I wonder if she's widowed. Oh, I didn't even notice that.
1: Yeah, she wears a ring on a chain. I just, I thought, I saw that this oh. um, watch through and I was like, oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, maybe. Wow. Or maybe it was like Terry's before. Who knows?
1: Something, yeah. yeah. That's a good point.
0: I felt like Becky's kind of living for the drama here. She, <laughs> she really could have just explained that her yeah. sister is catatonic instead of letting them talk at her.
1: <laughs> like, you're right. she does, She just let them kind of go. She's like, you probably saw him on the news, Joyce. This woman can't <laughs> see anything on any news.
0: Okay? She only sees the inside of her brain. I'm pretty sure. So rainbow, yeah,
1: sunflower.
0: I don't think. <laughs> I don't think she's seeing or taking in anything. No, um, good point. Okay, although I have to say Becky. this: when uh, Joyce shows Terry the picture of Will, I felt like it kind of seemed like she recognized him or something. Well, I did
1: make a note that said. It's interesting that Becky mentions that Terry was, as part of the experiments, put into an isolation tank. And we also see Elle going into the tank in this chapter. So it's sort of like a like mother, like daughter going on here. Yeah. And I could see it just what you just said about how Terry seemed to show like recognition. Yeah. Reminded me of when Elle pointed pointed to Will in that one. Yeah. Whatever chapter that was. Weirdo on Maple Street, I think. Yeah.
0: That was the vibe I got. I felt like Terry kind of made a face mm-hmm. and she she looked away like it looked like she couldn't yes. look at him. She couldn't. Yeah. Look she looked
1: like disappointed or something. Yes.
0: Like, like oh, yeah. God, it happened again. Right. Maybe that was the face. I don't know. But Ew. I know. <sighs> so uh, uh, Becky says, uh, you know, they weren't forcing her to do any of this. I call foul. I am pretty sure they were. OK. You know, she's like, yeah, you know, she uh, went in these bathtub or isolation tanks or whatever and you know of course they weren't forcing her to do any of this i feel like they probably were
1: yeah i think becky is not a tinfoil hat wearer absolutely she keeps saying like you and terry would have gotten along yeah sort of thing to her to hop and i feel like you're right i feel like she just kind of bought what was sold you know she was like Mm -hmm. yeah they did experiments in the 50s they were all consenting expand the boundaries of the mind like i just feel like she just kind of bought into what they sold about mk ultra and yeah didn't you know expand the boundaries of her own mind and maybe yeah. i don't know buy into some conspiracy
0: i know like it it's just weird that like from becky's perspective did terry just leave one day and come back catatonic like no 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 it's it's to me it's
1: clear that there was a period of time that when becky was and terry like terry was not catatonic because she even says she's like you had come five years ago yeah xyz but l was born 11 12 years ago so there was a period of like eight years when terry was trying to sue the government and get through and try and find her daughter
0: and then i think she eventually went catatonic but i'm saying like since we know what happened like we know it was just the electroshock you know quote-unquote therapy that they did to her from becky's perspective did this did she leave the house and then become catatonic because she seems to think it was the drugs that made her that way but wouldn't that happen very gradually
1: yeah, and what in episode, in, not episode, in season two, when Terry breaks into Hawkins National Lab yeah. to go find Jane and finds Jane and Callie in that one room, Jane is already what, like three? Yeah, I'd say probably three or four. Three or four? So then they EST her. Yeah. And then you're right. Does so she just come home and she's like a zombie? And how Wait, did she get home?
0: How did she get home? Like, did they zombie deliver boy. her to Becky? I don't know. I, yeah. I felt like it was kind of weird that Becky is like, yeah, you know, it was the drugs that did it. But that wouldn't that happen very gradually?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Because yeah. the way that it's presented to us, we see her go get shocked after she breaks into the lab. And then after that, I think we're supposed to assume that she's gone, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. My only other question is maybe they didn't live together before that and maybe they weren't really talking like she didn't know, you know, I don't know.
1: And then maybe it was like a you have to take care of your sister. because she's can't take care of herself.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One other thing I felt like they were a little bit heavy handed with like the jump cuts here when they were like, yeah she was born with abilities cuts to 11 killing those guards i'm like all right yeah yeah, we get it
1: (laughs) yeah i like that because it it gives it i like to see it but i see what you mean
0: yeah i mean the confirmation is good right right yes i I, I like that though it's again in in like season four when when we figure out that henry and vacna are the same person and we see like the one on him i'm like all right we don't need that (laughs) We don't need the zoom in on the one tattoo. Like, we get I it. I can't. That whole thing. The monologue. So, anyway. meanwhile, Lucas decides to find Will on his own, props to him. He gears up, gears up, and leaves as the sus repairman watches him. Uh, Dustin and Mike discuss how you can't have more than one best friend. Dustin calls out Mike and Lucas for not being able to just use their words. They see the aftermath of the supermarket that Eleven just ransacked.
1: Gearing up off the score plays as Lucas is gearing up. That's a banger. It is. It is a good one.
0: So do we think that this jealousy theory is correct that Dustin has?
1: Yeah. Um, I did write that he's really emotionally mature, like to even conceive of this yeah. jealousy thing. But I said that I always got the vibe that Mike and Will were the closest. So yeah. it was hard for me to
0: conceptualize Lucas and Mike being I, the closest. I agree. And we find out in season two that Will and Mike have been friends since kindergarten.
1: Yeah. Well, the Duffer Brothers didn't know there was a season two. Yeah,
0: I know. We cut them a little slack, right? But yeah. No, but I get what you're saying. I think it's partially, like at least a little bit right, probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think in general at that age, you are dealing with that type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Like you can't have more than one best friend. He's my best friend too. Like yeah. I knew you since we were young. Like I think that's very age appropriate. I agree. Yeah, but maybe Dustin's assessment of who's who in the group. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I remember like fifth and sixth grade where you know there's a lot of jealousy and like so much. I know. Like, I remember getting getting kicked oh. by this by this girl. I think you know who I'm talking about. Oh but yeah, she would, she would just kick people for not being her friend. <laughs> i'm serious
1: no. you sound like it's... she doesn't have like good problem solving abilities no just
0: kick she, people. she
1: just was gonna do people. that at work if somebody kick. does something i don't like <laughs> just
0: kick them uh yeah I, I, I remember getting kicked i don't know <laughs> fifth grade is a weird time <laughs> <laughs> all right i also just wanted to say about this scene i i was a little shocked that they immediately looked at the supermarket and were like yup that's out
1: so perceptive they've known her for like 14 minutes (laughs) (laughs) ah
0: yes that's that's definitely l (laughs) that's her signature we know (laughs) um yeah so nancy and jonathan go buy some completely inconspicuous hunting supplies at the army surplus store and go monster to go monster hunting they notice the local theater has been defaced with graffiti calling nancy Nancy the Slut Wheeler. They find Steve, Tommy, Carol, and Nicole, she's here too, spraying more nearby for some reason. Steve dismisses her when she confronts him and provokes Jonathan into a fight, which ends very poorly for Steve's good looks. Jonathan is arrested when he accidentally injures Callahan, even though Callahan <laughs> definitely deserved it. My nose. My nose. <laughs> and then Powell goes, I got this one. <laughs> this is to me this feels like poetic justice i agree it's <laughs> like so callahan funny. getting
1: hit in the nose like sorry yeah sorry but i'm s- no
0: he deserved it <laughs> he deserved it like my nose like yes callahan your nose yes yeah <laughs> he's he's been a real real uh pain 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 in the nose yeah all season so he deserved yeah. it um, there is a, a yeah. lot to unpack yes, in this little this little scene so is. don't mind us yeah there's just a lot going on so uh, my first thing i wrote is like what was the game plan here because this is a really weird way to get back at someone like were they just gonna wait for her to see it were they gonna like <laughs> call her like what was hey hey come look at this billboard where we are mean to you like what does <laughs> like what if she just never saw? That? Like, I know, but
1: but there's all yeah. You're absolutely right. Like so much had to go right here for yeah. her to see. Like the kid had when they left the store, the kid had to be like, "Can't wait to see your movie or whatever." I know, like this is kid just weird. And then the random pedestrian who looks at them is like, "Wow." wow.
0: <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote the grown woman going, "Wow!" Like, "Wow, what?" <laughs> wow (laughs) you (laughs) like what does
1: she know about nancy wheeler and her romantic escapades like wow i was like
0: what is this what um who are you so strange i don't know if i could have forgiven steve after this this is like borderline abusive behavior some of it like it's just bad when he's like finish the sentence i would have hit him right there
1: i know he's brutal this is his really his immaturity just really really comes out and it's so yeah. funny because in the scene prior you get dustin's maturity and i just think it's funny how these two end up as like a pair
0: yeah they bounce each other out, each
1: other out. Yeah, yeah like just so well but yeah know. no steve is a he is a his dad is a great a asshole steve is a great a asshole yeah in this alley
0: absolutely absolutely <clears throat> like i i, I think Honestly, Steve kind of had it coming with, the, with yeah. the beating here. Oh, for sure. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Literally, any, everybody in that alley deserved to get beat up except Nancy.
1: <laughs> he is such a bully yeah. here. This is why we talked about him in our mouth breathers episode, because Steve has a bully streak. He yeah. really does. He is a bully and it is hard to watch. He calls Jonathan a queer. Yeah. And he criticizes the buyers, like as a family. Which yeah. is just It's messed up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I understand why Nancy forgave him after he literally saved their lives from the Demogorgon. But like after this, I don't know if I could look at him the same, like just the way that he acted. I know. Yeah. I kind of forgot how brutal this was. I just want to go back for
1: a second to because at the beginning of this scene, we have them actually in the store buying Mm -hmm. the, the supplies. And when they were in Nancy's room and she starts comparing predators, she compares the Demogorgon to a bear or a shark because it it's it's solitary it, it's yeah. alone it doesn't work in packs or herds or anything like that. And when you get to the hunting supply store, the first thing you see is a taxidermied bear head. It's the it's like the first thing, Ooh. yeah. And then later, not much later, but as the pan of the camera continues, you get like a full size taxidermied bear Ooh. behind Nancy and Jonathan. And it reminded me in season four of when Max goes to the video store. And you get the cardboard cutout of Freddy Krueger behind her. Oh. Yeah, just the bear looming behind Nancy and Jonathan as, like, a Demogorgon metaphor. And then Freddy looming behind Max as a a
0: Vecna metaphor. That's really cool. I actually, I didn't notice either of those things. So that's really cool. The bear. Love that. So after that scene... Joyce and Hopper leave the Ives' home and Joyce has a moment of panic as she realizes that Terry has been looking for Jane for 12 years. Callahan radios Hopper that Jonathan is down at the station for assaulting a police officer. LOL. Nancy ices Jonathan's face. It's very heartbreaking when Hopper says he would give anything for a chance. Oh, heartbreaking. I
1: I said I'm surprised it took him this long to say something. Yeah. Because this is like one of those situations where you need to put aside your own feelings about a matter and let the person now going through it go through it without constantly inserting your experience mm-hmm. all the time. Like, oh, well, I've been through this and you think you have it so bad. Oh, like, God, yeah. there were so many times when Hopper could have been like, my kid's dead. Yeah. Like, 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 you do even know. <laughs> yeah but he never does yeah so in this in this scene he finally kind of says like joyce like you know what i would give for even a chance
0: i know like at it's, having my child back that's true yeah it is really the first time he like talks about i mean he does talk about sarah when he thinks that will is dead but yes but, but he doesn't rub it in he yes. doesn't use it as a way to invalidate joyce's experience not at all not he just tries to relate to her and then when it doesn't work he puts it away so like right. I, I love that and Flo in the police station? She's spitting straight facts? Again, I think we disagree. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> we
1: have a lot. Like, to me, Jonathan was defending his family. He was not defending Nancy. Oh, okay. Because Steve came at him and said, you know, it's no wonder he went missing. Mm-hmm. And Your mom and you're your, your queer. Like, Steve came after his family. That's so true. I didn't perceive Jonathan's anger at Steve coming out because of his love for nancy i came i interpreted it as his love for his family so Flo saying the only thing like love makes you that crazy and that stupid i didn't think he was
0: being stupid out of love mm. for nancy right i was gonna say like it could be love but not for nancy Yet, yeah anyway
1: so i thought the implication of what Flo said mm. i don't know i didn't i don't buy into Flo's. i don't okay. buy what she's selling sorry all right. Flo.
0: all right i i can get with that that's cool <laughs>
1: this isn't you off the score plays when nancy is icing jonathan's face and it's a callback to when barb says this isn't you before nancy goes up to steve's room and i kind of feel for some reason i feel like this song is like nancy's like identity searching anthem whenever
0: nancy's having a moment of who am i this song plays that's cool that's a really cool like thing to notice because Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, originally it plays because Nancy is trying to, like, go and have sex with Steve. And Mm -hmm. now I think it's playing because she's kind of realizing that Jonathan might have been a little bit right. That she was, like, Mm -hmm. being someone that she kind of wasn't. And she's sort of finding herself, but, like, as herself, not in relation to a man. It's like her soul-searching song. Yes. So back in the woods, um, unable to get into the lab because of the high fence, Lucas climbs a tree and stakes it out with binoculars in the forest. Deeper, I guess. Eleven feasts on some egos, which are hopefully now defrosted. And Mike and Dustin encounter Troy and James... They chase them to Sattler Quarry and corner them at the edge of a cliff. Troy orders Mike to jump off of it or else he will cut out Dustin's teeth. Perfectly reasonable, of course. Um, (laughs) Mike jumps but is caught in midair by Eleven, who heard the commotion. She lifts Mike back to safety and breaks Troy's arm with her mind, forcing the mouth breathers to flee. (laughs) The way that Troy (laughs) walks up. To Mike and Dust Yes, you know exactly what it is. It's so funny. He has his hood on and he's like <laughs> and his arms are like out and he's just like yeah. he's all like puffed out and like like hunched over almost. It's so strange and it made me laugh out loud and I watched it twice because it was so he's
1: funny. He's in bully stance. He's yes. in like I'ma be a bully stance. <laughs> Like in The Sims when you can choose how they walk. Oh, like my God. Like a,
0: bu- a bully option. And
1: that's how <laughs> Troy is walking.
0: Yes, he has the angry walk. <laughs> yes. And I got to say, Lucas is being pretty brave here. Yeah, he goes right up to the Hawkins lab oh, fence. Oh, yeah. So I have a word problem
1: for you. Oh, boy. Elle has three empty boxes of Egos around her. Okay. One Eggo waffle is about 95 calories and there are 10 Eggo waffles in a box. <laughs> Therefore, one whole box of Eggos is about 950 calories. How many calories has Elle eaten?
0: (laughs) Oh my God, hold
1: on. I gotta bring out my calculator. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, so she has eaten 2,850
1: calories. amanda is a mathematician
0: yeah right yes she ate three full
1: boxes so l has eaten 2850 calories of eggo waffles and is working on a fourth box
0: good for her honestly she's putting them away she um, is feasting on these eggos that's so fun. i feel like the like i don't know for sure but i would say that the you know uh recommended caloric intake for a 12 year old girl probably not that much
1: no, but she doesn't care. She is absolutely eating these Egos. I don't know what she's been living off of in the lab. Maybe
0: plants. But she's <laughs> ready for these Egos. That's true. I would love to see like a food scene. Like, what are they feeding these kids? Is there a mess hall? Right. Like, are they feeding them gruel?
1: Like, what? Yeah. Like, what do they it? get like little little like those tiny little containers of apple juice that they give oh you in God. the hospital? Do
0: they get like lunch <laughs> tickets? Like, do you think they have pizza Tuesday? Like, <laughs> the chicken finger Thursdays. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
1: Hawkins National Lab cafeteria. I mean, there has to be a cafeteria on site because you figure the scientists
0: are there. Right, they gotta eat. Yeah, they have to eat. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, thanks Uh, for entertaining my word problem. Of course, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for making me do math today. I feel awake. Uh, LOL at Dustin literally telling Troy the truth of what happened and he's like, shut up!
1: (laughs) I don't i don't understand oh, also wait dustin getting a cramp as he's running is like the most relatable, so relatable. thing ever
0: <laughs> i was like, like yeah cramp. i feel that bad.
1: yeah mike's like just keep going dustin's like i camp not for cramp <laughs> I, love that. Uh, I also how does troy go from wet yourself to jump
0: it right. feels like a big gap given like troy's demonstrated intellect it's like hard for me to imagine him making that leap like when he's like sitting at home like like brewing about like what he's gonna <laughs> how he's gonna get revenge he's like i got it i'm gonna make him wet himself by jumping off a cliff <laughs> Like,
1: <laughs> is that what we
0: think it is it's like wet yourself because you're so scared to jump off this cliff no i thought it was like wet yourself because you're gonna jump in the water no no you don't no, he's he's telling mike to pee himself Oh, I interpreted that as like, now you're going to wet yourself because you're jumping in this lake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you think Mike would have died? Honestly, probably, yeah. Really? I don't know. Like what Hopper said about like hitting the water, like it turns into concrete and Mike is a pretty yeah, small you're guy. Right. And it was
1: cold and he was belly flop position. So he, yeah. Mike would, yeah. Okay. I think have died.
0: Either that or broken like literally every bone in his body.
1: Yeah. And yeah. the fact that Mike actually does it. I know like, it's crazy. And then Troy, James, and Dustin run over to the edge of the cliff and they're like looking, because I feel like they didn't think that he actually I know. would.
0: James actually tried to be a straight man here. He yes, was like, Dude, maybe we should not do this.
1: Maybe you shouldn't tell our peers to jump off cliffs, Troy.
0: Yeah. Right. Maybe
1: you should reconsider your position.
0: I know. I love, like, what you said, like, like how it was so shocking that it actually brought the three of them together enough. I know. Where they were like, wait, <laughs> let's go look. <laughs> Where'd that guy go? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. And then we get She'll Kill You. Yes, which, which brings
1: me to something that I, I don't know why this does this in my brain, but it does. Okay. So She'll Kill You plays as Elle approaches, approaches them after saving Mike, right? And Dustin is just serving Such Lion King vibes when he is all like, yeah, that's right. You better run. She's our friend and she's crazy. And then he says, if you ever come back, she'll kill you. Yeah, Which is so hyenas. Yes. Simba is running off into the distance and Ed is or I don't know if it's Ed or Shenzi or Bonsai. One of the hyenas (laughs) is like, (laughs) yes, I know them by name literally the quote in the lion king is if you ever come back we'll kill you oh and it's like i don't know it just to me it was just dustin you are being a lion king person but lion king didn't come out until 1993 10 years later so he was not quoting the lion king he was not but it was just the fact that the song is called she'll kill you and that dustin says she'll kill you and that the hyena says we'll kill you i don't know it just all felt very
0: lion king i agree i hear that yeah yeah i think he's so sweet here how he like just immediately is like yeah i'm with you guys like yeah i mean i won't say dustin is choosing a side here but he is using his brain enough to Mm -hmm. be like okay this person just literally saved our lives yep so after that happens 11 has a flashback to encountering the demogorgon in her watery void when their combined powers accidentally opened Mothergate. 11 tearfully admits that she opened the gate but mike and dustin insist that she is their friend and the three embrace as they return home the repairman calls in their location and lucas watches soldiers leave the lab and those iconic white fans so when i read your notes on this it had never occurred to me that the gate opens because of their combined powers i thought it was just l being really scared and the power of that that opened the mother gate. But when I read that, I was like, oh, wait, that makes sense. Because in season four, they talk about how a psychic powerful connection between the two worlds opens a gate, which L just made. Thanks, Stranger
1: Things wiki. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my idea. That was Stranger Things wiki.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that straight up never occurred to me. Yeah. Like I always just thought it was Elle and she got so scared that the power of her emotion like took over. But no that makes more sense no it totally does yeah i don't know if you
1: caught this but there is a clock ticking <gasps> in the flashback when l is touching the demogorgon is there really there is a clock ticking and this isn't like oh you can hear a clock when vecna takes will in the vanishing of Will. no there is a clock ticking oh god i wouldn't say that because i would hate to admit it yeah if it wasn't there <sighs> go back oh gosh and watch just the end of the monster maybe after we're done recording mm-hmm. we'll do it together mm-hmm. because there is a clock ticking and i hate it oh man that makes me mad i got <laughs> chills because i'm i'm both mad and also love it yeah. but hate it yeah i have a, a lot of emotions there is a clock ticking wow
0: okay i'm yeah we gotta we gotta look at that
1: there is a clock ticking i believe I'm you I,
0: i'm done because i know you i know <laughs> I you wouldn't you. say it if it wasn't really there <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. i've listened to all the other alleged clocks yes that are not clocks they're just synth. this is a clock okay it sounds a little bit like a stopwatch if you know what i mean yeah we will go back but everybody go back into the monster and watch the last scene where l is in the void with mr mr gorgon Gorgon. there is a clock ticking (laughs)
0: mr gorgon Um, and i hate it i i also hate that but i i love it too (laughs) (laughs) i also hate that (laughs) (laughs) when the soldiers are like gearing up to go find l thousands of guns (laughs) Oh my god! So, so many, many guns. guns. These are just children. I, what are they going to do to them? They literally wrote, "Not the thousands of guns to take down some twelve-year-olds." <laughs> <laughs> like, hello. Like, Although in season four,
1: they do come in hot to the wheel to the Buyers' home in California with all those come guns. come
0: in so. <laughs> hot. That is that is a scene straight out of an action movie. Just plop, great plop, the great, great Things scene. episode. It really is. Yeah. Um, wow, I'm really shocked by that clock thing. I got to go listen to that.
1: Yeah, we we're gonna do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um I just want everybody to take a second to conjure the scene in their memory of Dustin and Mike and L hugging Mm
0: -hmm. on the cliff. So sweet.
1: Let's just take a moment and just everybody conjure it. I'm conjuring. I got it. Okay. All right. Okay, we can move on. I just (laughs) wanted everybody to take a second to to conjure that scene. A moment of silence. it's just yeah, it's such a good a good scene between the children. It
0: really is. I just I love it. it and it's so subtle, but like it's the first time that someone calls her a friend, you know, like, du- like Dustin refers to her as their friend now. And what
1: is friend? What is friend? <laughs> I also feel like she regains language after Did that. Did you pick the in when she when she like comes out of her I guess she's sort of in like an exhausted state after breaking Troy's arm? She she kinda says to him like i am the monster she uses the most words in conjunction it i don't know it kind of made me feel like there is some credibility to the she loses her language because of trauma yeah because in her saying that out loud it's almost like she's resolving some trauma she's like i'm the monster like i don't know she gets more language here than she seems to have thus far that's
0: true yeah she says the gate i opened it i'm the monster Mm -hmm. yeah so like she's speaking in total sentences she's articulating yeah. yeah yeah but that's uh that is the monster that is our last scene. it is it's the last one it is we had some really great music <clears throat> in this episode which we mentioned a lot of throughout we didn't mention dolly parton though i was gonna say that yeah we did not mention dolly parton appearing in this episode uh her song the so, bargain Store." that's right the bargain store it appears uh in the store in the army surplus store when they are shopping for monster hunting supplies yes yeah. so speaking of monster hunting supplies I would just like to talk about my implication for if this episode happened in 2022. Okay. There's no way, no way two teenagers could just walk into the army surplus store and buy a bunch of ammo and bear traps and... (laughs) Where is your parent? Yep. (laughs) Yes,
1: that question. They would need consent forms, like when you get your ears pierced, like they would need to go in
0: there and... I don't even think that would work. I feel (laughs) like they would just be like, no, like an actual adult needs to come and buy these It's not like when you wanted to go on a field trip and your parents had to sign the forms. I don't think it would be the same. Okay. I don't think so. How about you? What was your implication for if this happened in 2022?
1: Um, So I kind of said it earlier. I don't know how many of the confrontations that occurred in this episode would have happened via text. So like Steve could have texted Nancy and been like, hey, uh, where are you? What's going on? Like, okay, that would have been a thing. I also think that... I was going to say, he'd be sending her paragraphs. Right. And he he would <laughs> he would pull, like, the we need to talk type of thing and then wouldn't say anything. Oh, and then it would thrust Nancy into an anxiety meltdown. And she'd be like, what? What happened?
0: Why do I feel like Steve is a caller? I could see that. He would... Right? Like, he'd be like a call-me yeah, yeah. kind of texter. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um I also think having phones with cameras would have been particularly handy <laughs> during this episode. Like, Nancy could have photographed yeah. the gate in the tree... And Hopper could have photographed the interior of Hawkins National Lab. Like, while he was in there, he could have taken photos. And I also think that Mr. Clark would have heard about the Indiana A.V. Club on, like, Facebook or something and wouldn't have been fooled by Connie's shenanigans. Yes. That's not selling out the kids. thus the show not happening. But whatever. Right. Thank God for no (laughs) Facebook in 1983.
0: Seriously, there's so much stuff. This this show would have ended in, in <laughs> episode one. <laughs> there would have been no yeah. show. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. So you know, in a way, it's a good yeah. thing that they didn't have these means of communication. <laughs> well, those were my implications for 2022. So MVP and LVP. Who was your MVP?
1: I had a struggle as I always do with this. I think I'm going to go with Nancy. Ooh. Okay. Um. Because again, I'm like in my how does this influence like move the plot forward mode her realizations about the demogorgon literally shape like end game like she mm-hmm. picks up on the predatory bloodthirsty nature of it and True. that literally allows for the rest of the season to play out as it does if she didn't have that realization we would not have the rest of the season
0: <laughs> yeah or like honestly a, a lot of the show because right a lot of what we understand about the demogorgon is from her yes
1: yeah shout outs though to mike and L. I don't know. Their bravery mm-hmm. in this chapter deserved attention to me. And then I'm sorry, but I need to give Lucas some kudos because he yeah. literally takes matters into his own hands when it comes to finding the gate. Like, he goes out yeah. completely alone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think Lucas was very brave in this episode. Mike and Elle were both very mm-hmm. brave.
1: This one was hard. There were there were a lot.
0: Yeah. There was, there was a lot of good stuff going on. I actually chose Jonathan.
1: I considered
0: that as well. Yeah. And... To be honest, a lot of the reason I chose Jonathan was because I was trying to imagine a future episode in which I might choose him and I couldn't think <laughs>
1: oh, of what. <one. laughs> oh, poor Jonathan. I think that's unfair. Okay. I think he's I, instrumental I, in the future.
0: Yeah, in, in a little bit, yeah. But he, in this episode, he stuck by Nancy and he stuck up for himself. So good job, man. He He stuck it out. He was very brave too, I think. He was even though he has his own stuff going on he's there for Nancy in he a way is. that Steve can't even be so props to Jonathan
1: yeah i i like Jonathan as an mvp for this one
0: yeah i thought he was of a good him one. as well
1: i don't remember why i opted to not but i just he did cross my mind all right lvp part of me wanted to say steve again but i already did that um yeah. because he was really a low life in this chapter he really was and the only reason i'm choosing this person is because he makes a fatal error and it's no 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 fault of his own but mr clark sells out a group of 12 year olds yeah unknowingly but for such a smart individual he is so easily fooled by connie and her her bad graphic design pamphlet (laughs) and he literally just to a complete stranger gives out this information on these children
0: that's true. In in today's standards, that would be a fireable offense as yes. a teacher. Like I would you have to imagine
1: you gave out their names, potentially even their addresses. I don't right? know if I can take it to that level, but like they were stalking these kids' homes. Yeah. Mr. Clark, party foul.
0: Where is FERPA? I know that doesn't exist in secondary education. No,
1: (laughs) it does not. That's also directory information. So FERPA would not apply.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) But still, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Mr. Clark. You're my LVP for the monster.
0: That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Like, you know, he didn't know he was selling out the kids, but he definitely shouldn't be giving out children's information anymore.
1: The smartest. And he can
0: talk. This is what happens when you're too smart, though. That's how I. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So Mr. Clark is my LVP.
0: So for me, I did go with Steve. Mm-hmm. I just I could not get past his behavior in this episode. Zero out of ten. He just he jumped to the wrong conclusion very easily. Mm-hmm. He did something really terrible. Publicly humiliated a person he's supposed to have feelings for. Wow. Yeah, just bad. Bad all around.
1: Yeah, Steve. Zero is, out of 10. He's a shit shithead in this chapter. He he really is. Okay, well. So I have a wrong answer. Oh, do you? Only. Okay. I I do have I, one. I
0: kind of have one, but it's not great. So you you give me yours.
1: Okay. And it's simple, and I've harped on it already. But why does Brenner bring Elle a plant?
0: That's funny, because my wrong answers only also involved the plant, and it was <laughs> what kind of plant did Papa give Elle? Okay. <laughs> All right. This plant is actually our MVP. Yeah, really. I know. <laughs> We've talked about the plant quite a lot. Way, way yeah, too much. I, I feel like... I don't know why he gives her a plant. Maybe maybe for like um, you know, maybe he wants to start like an indoor garden to make their their building self-sustaining. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, maybe it's a
0: vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a squash. It's a squash. <laughs> and
1: yeah, I mean the the mess hall food is pretty yeah. bad, so they not, they wanted the kids to eat some veggies. I'd Imagine. Yeah. Okay, and they're also trying to be um like environmentally um sustainable so they're gonna make hawkins run on plant that'd be great yeah
0: yeah and also they need to put some more oxygen in the air because you know since they've well this happened before the gate but still you know they got to have some plants after they open the gate because the oxygen in there is getting a little tough so yeah
1: okay so the plant is a vegetable and it's to help the oxygen level in hawkins lab and be environmentally friendly and give the kids a veggie that's gotta be it i'm glad that we went through that because i was
0: confused yes thank goodness so we got and i mean you know they must have a grow light coming from amazon that's got to be it Obviously. yeah because there's no windows so
1: there's no windows maybe it's a low light plant yeah
0: maybe it's like moss it looked like a like a pansy yeah it did it looked like a flower yeah like a little like a little purple flower yeah i don't really know little, what they were gonna do with that but okay
1: whatever L's well, maybe l was gonna grow it with her mind oh that's
0: kind of cool i wonder all right well let us know what you think the plant was. Yeah, because we ha- we've we got ideas, apparently. Well, that was the monster. hope you guys... Who is the monster? Uh, we still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, everybody. Stay, stay strange. strange.
1: To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Twitter at SSHpod and on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall.